Welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. So, um, I got my man Lud, aka Staff Sergeant Romaine, um, flew all the way out from Hawaii to be here with us. Um, so I'm gonna just throw that out there. Um, and we're just gonna talk about life, the Marine Corps, family, um, and really just you know what led him to where he's at now, um, and just. Bullshit as well because we haven't seen each other in now almost a year. Um, oh shit, yeah. So, um, so we're gonna go from that. We're gonna talk about life and uh, pretty much just you know how he got from point A to point B and um, what the next C, D, and E, and F is. Um, so, without further ado, welcome, Lud. What's going on, Bennett? Thank you for having me, man. Uh, Semper sometimes with Benny. It's a great, you know, show. To not only to talk about talk about things that's important to us, but to let people know what we all about and you know stuff like that. So, like Benny say, I am Lud Romaine, Staff Sergeant Romaine, the Haitian sensation in the recruiting world in New Jersey. Um, I joined the Marine Corps in 2010. Uh, I'm from Haiti. That's why they call me the Haitian sensation. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know. And uh, joined the Marine Corps in 2010. Well, it's been 11 years. Uh, not too hard, not hard too hard, but from PFC to Staff Sergeant, meritoriously. And I bet he can speak English. So I don't know how it happened, but it did. Um, you know, from recruiting, from getting recruited, I went to Japan with CLB4. From Japan, I went to Camp Lejeune with 1st Battalion, 8th Marine. From first Battalion, Eighth Marine, I was on recruiting duty in New Jersey. That was 2016 to 2019. And from recruiting duty, I've been living the dream in Hawaii. And here we are now. Uh, married um, for nine years. Two sons. And yeah. So why did I join the Marine Corps? It's a very funny story. <laughs> and not many people know about this story because I don't really open it up like that. So I came in the United States in 2003. Check this out. With a student visa. And that student visa was for a whopping six months. So, well, 2003 to 2021. You do the math. Um... And I end up staying in America illegally for seven years. Why seven years? Because I got my green card. I was legal in America in 2010, June 2010. And I joined the Marine Corps July 2010. So I graduated high school in 2008. Couldn't do shit. Started back to France because I was raising sons. And then came back, my papers, and I joined the Marine Corps eager to, to take in the world. And I guess that's why I got meritorious and everything because I, I was a little bit mature. So, you know, and I was working hard and I guess it was the work ethic that my parents laid on me. That's that's about it. Um, so why'd you join the Marine Corps though? Like, where'd that come from? Like, did you meet a recruiter? Did ah, you meet somebody? Like, how did that help, that help thing happen? Great question. So throughout my high school years, I was an illegal alien because keep in mind, I couldn't do shit. Even, I was a great student, by the way, in high school, but I couldn't get scholarships. I was a great soccer player. Couldn't get no scholarship because yeah, I didn't yeah. even have a social security card. Oh, shit. So, but there was this recruiter, the staff sergeant Dean, that was always coming. He was always interested in me because I was physically fit. I was smart. I was like all A's and B's. But what he didn't know, he didn't know that I didn't have no papers because I didn't tell nobody about it. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I entertained him, you know, went to the uh, recruiting uh, office, you know, PT. I was doing, what, 20 pull-ups at the age of, what, 16, 17? Yeah. But once he found out I didn't have no um, no papers, he didn't flew me out. Like, it was like my manager, but he still kept me around. I was like, you know what, I'm here for three years. I think you're going to get it for the next, next two years. And sure enough, within three years, I got it. So he's the one who kind of not motivated me, but inspired me. Inspired of me not being totally legal. He didn't just like, I'm just a number. You know what? Get out of here. He didn't do that. He kept kept me around. And I believe, you know, if someone is willing to keep you around while you're not ready, but they are patient enough to um, to help you and believes in you. Yeah. And that's why I've been in the Marine Corps. Well, yeah. and that's what a lot of what you did when you were on recruiting duty. Like you always had people back in the in the saddle, like waiting on them. Absolutely. <laughs> you and Morales always did that. Absolutely. Like you always had kids. Like, all right, not yet, not yet. I can't get you yet. And that's a piece of advice right there for you. Don't don't turn people away. Just have them in the back until they're ready, because it happens. You know what I mean? Like you, eventually, you were you were a contact for that group. Absolutely, absolutely. One thing about you know switching up to recruiting duty, you don't want someone that's already ready. If it's ready, it's perfect. But sometimes you have to mold. You have to inspire that young man or, or woman, you know, to be just like you by showing that, hey, you're not just a number. I know you're not ready, but a year from now, I'll still be around. Two years from now, you'll still be around. And therefore, hey, you're going you're gonna to do what you need to do. So that was my inspiration to join the Marine Corps. And once I joined the Marine Corps, I never looked back until today. People say I'm motivated. I'm not motivated. I just remember where I came from, how, you know, I couldn't do shit in 2006, 7, 8, 9, and 2010. And now I got all the opportunity in the world. I'm taking every single opportunity the Marine Corps and life has given me. And that's my recipe for success in, in the Marine Corps. Because that's me and we know that in the Marine Corps, you don't have to be smart, okay? You don't have to take a test to, you know, to, to, to get meritoriously promoted. All you got is your work ethic. You get out of trouble, and guess what? Someone's going to notice you, and I've been noticed. Anything else? <laughs> um, I guess my next thing would really just be besides, so do you see yourself, number one, I would assume the answer is yes, but do you see yourself doing 20 or more? Mm, that's a good question. Um, every time someone asks me this question, so you're doing 20, you know, last week was my 11th year anniversary in the Marine Corps, and to be honest, I just take it one day at a time, one month at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, because you don't want to go too fast in life. You want to pace yourself. Because once you go too fast, you're going to make some people the puzzle. I don't care if you have 99% of the people the puzzle, but you miss one. Guess what? It's incomplete. Mm. So therefore, have a short-term goal, have a long-term goal, but also have a day-to-day goal. And sometimes, like a recruiting duty, independent duty, sometimes you adjust, adapt, and overcome. Same for gun duty, like we always say. <laughs> Yo, so... um. So those for you, I, did, I should have kind of introduced it like this, but um, most of y'all don't know that when me and you got when me and you met each other for three years, we kind of I don't want to say we hated each other, um, <laughs> but we we bumped heads. We bumped heads every single day. We were in the same recruiting office, um, and this is for anybody out there who's in the same recruiting office with somebody that they can't stand. Um, a lot of the reason I think, at least from my end was just because of the fact that we never took the time to know each other right. and we were both trying to be the best and the problem was is that the two of us were trying to be better than the other Correct. and if it wasn't you one month then it was me and um, you know I'm not gonna lie uh, I don't know if I ever told you this because it's, it's funny as shit but uh, 
So I remember I, I brought this kid to MEPS. I brought your kid to MEPS. Uh-huh. And uh, he ended up popping at MEPS. And um, what that means is he disclosed some stuff that he never disclosed to us. Mm-hmm. And um, he, and I remember, I never forget it. I'm not going to say the kid's name. But um, I never forget it because I learned, very, this is how I learned to shut the fuck up. Because I walked in, I walked into MEPS, I dropped the kid off, and um, no, 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 this was my bad. It was the ne- it was the day I was going to pick him up, mm-hmm. and we had gotten a call that he was good. So I walk in, and the CEO at the time is sitting at the desk at, at Fort Hamilton MEPS, and it was him and Hibbert. And um, I walk in, and the CEO is like, "Hey Ben, what's going on?" I was like, "Hey sir, I'm here to pick up our contractors. We made mission. We're good." And he just looks at me, and he and then Hibbert looks at me, and he goes. Bro, your kid got hit. What are you talking about? I and I was just exactly like, exactly who you talking about? And I was just like, wait, what? I was like, I was, just like, wait. So now, mind you, so I get the news that this kid got hit, and it, your hit, it was your kid, <laughs> I and I was just about. like, yo, this is great. You know what this means? I can throw my kid up tomorrow. He can dep, and then I'll get the bat, and Romain won't. Like that was li- no it lie. It was Muslinger, <laughs> Muslinger, the freaking dude. Yep, yep, yep. So um. But, uh, so what was funny, though, was, so I literally was like, oh, shit, he can't get a bat now. He can't write his four, so I'm going to yeah. throw my dude up. I'll get the four. But, cool. um, but what was funny, though, I, I'm pretty sure I told you this, but we got in the whip. And, um, what was funny was I had, um, that was Durkey's first moment of truth. I brought Durkey in the car mm-hmm. in the morning, and I did the brief in the car. And I told Durkey, I was like, hey, listen, man, like, this is how it all works. Da, da, da. And the next day I picked him up, and it was me and Durkey. I'll never forget it. We're going over the Verrazano Bridge. And I got this dude in the back seat, and I just turn around, and I just start flipping out on him. I put my government vehicle in park on the Verrazano, and cars are whipping around me. And Durkey's like, what are you doing? I start flipping out on him. I'm like, bro, you didn't tell us this shit. I'm like, why the hell? Da, da, da. Bugging out on him. Long story short, he ended up. It took like an extra two months, I think, or some shit like that for her to join and get a letter from him. But it was just funny, though, because like I was happy at the moment because I was like, all right, word, I can throw the kid up. I'll be able to get the four, not you. And that's how we were for like two years. It was literally four, three, four, three. And I think now looking back at it, if we had worked together, it probably would have been a lot of a better office. We probably would have killed it even more than we did. Um, But... I think it was, but that's what it was, though. It was a huge part of it was just competition um, from the jump. And then if you really think about it, our boss, I think he liked the fact that the two of us would come at it. I think he just kind of like... It was better for me. <laughs> I think he kind of... Yeah, because he would just start, he'd be like, yo, Benny, did you hear what Romaine said? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I yo, remember he, that. He would just freaking put us at each other, man. But to clarify things... um, Bennett, Staff Sergeant, well, Sergeant Bennett, and then Staff Sergeant Bennett was far or the, the top five recruiter in the state. I was probably top 20, okay? I was top 20, maybe. I'll say top 15, 20 there. This guy right was top five. No, was, closing, was there was no top five. I was number one. Okay, right. I'm trying to be humble. <laughs> um, there was some closing he used to do. I used to little mimic that shit. You know, I, I'm going to take that from you. Remember that draw you had yeah, with yeah. the pennies and you had the coin in there? I, I surely took that. You know, I don't it, even know who I got that from. I got it from somebody else. It wasn't even mine. I took it from someone had told me about it, and I was like, "Yo, I think actually I think it was Gunny Ledbetter. I 
think it was Gunny Ledbetter that told, that showed me that. And I used it for a little bit, but then like I don't like using other people's stuff, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna make my own thing. And then that's when I made my own thing, and then that shit stuck like hard body. But yeah, and I remember I don't know if you remember this, but I remember the first time I ever met you. We were, we were driving, going down there. Yep, you and were. you were talking about somebody in our yeah. office that wasn't performing, and he was like, "What the fuck." He's not doing this. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to grind. He's like, yeah, me too. I'm trying to grind. He was like, yeah, we should go out together. I'm like, yeah, let's go out together and kill it. Yeah. And it was, well, it was when, um, well, I wasn't even the recruiter yet. I was going to BRC. Correct. I just got Co- there. Correct. And I remember, and this is where our art, this is where our, our, what do you call it? Like, our, not our battle, not our war, but like our competition, I guess you could say. Our connection from, started. Because we, we were, I'll never forget it. It was me and you, we got in the whip together, and we went to Old Bridge because it was your eve. It was like your three or four, it was like your third three month eval with Max Royal mm-hmm. and Gunny Ujama, and and you were doing your your talk, and then I ended up I was getting people in the hallway, and I was like, yo, I'm gonna just That's, show this dude up on his. In my head, I was like, yo, is this this three this dude's three month eval? I was like, I'm gonna just show him up. I got the ARI here. I was like, this is my time. And uh, yeah, I remember that shit. And we ended up, but then we ended up, like, the two of us were in the hallway, like, getting And that day we leave. ended up with seven appointments. Yeah, bro, it seven was nuts. I remember that shit. I remember that shit. It was, and then we went to the pizzeria with, uh, we went to Crispy Pizza with Gunny Yudama. Yes. Yeah, and yes. then people bought us lunch and shit. But, um, so I guess just getting into now you, how you guys know how we know each other and shit. Um, I guess what I really want to talk about is just because I remember like so you went from a really bad recruiter to becoming a better recruiter and then you ended up killing for a period of time where it was literally you me me yes. you me you yes. and then I remember you were at the point where they were talking about you becoming a staff in UFC Correct. and you were like hell no you were like I can't do it and I think at one point you were like yo just pick Bennett and you were trying to pawn that off on me and like so yeah. I guess like we have a lot to talk about it just because like to unpack because you went from being the guy who was trash. Yep. Like I remember being there at, before I was even a recruiter. I remember no lie like first I, three four months was horrible. Bro, and, and you were bringing in like fifteen year old kids who you thought were appointments yep. who had yep. like I remember that one chick who who came in she had wrist tattoos and then you looked at her boyfriend and you were like hey what about you and Gunny Uchama was just like yo we need an appointment type shit yeah. but um. So you started off pretty, it was pretty bad. Horrible, horrible. Um, but then you ended up, you know, long story short, three years later, taking over, you know, Trenton, doing the best Trenton's ever done in a long time. And now they're just not nearly where you were. Um, so I guess I kind of just want to talk about just, first of all, what got you through the duty? Because you would talk about how much you hated it every day. But at the same time, as much as you hated it, you would grind. Yes. And and you would come in in the morning, you'd, you'd, you'd get your shit done. And that's one that I can't say I can say about you is like you would come in the office, you'd be, you know, and he was that like that hard ass sergeant who was in a room with other sergeants like, yo, why aren't your blues put away? Yo, why is there dirt on the floor? Like, yo, he would be like telling us the police call around the office. Oh, see, he, I love like, him. Bad, bad. But um, so I guess what I, what was going on? Because you kind of like what what do you think was it was besides like you, you growing up in another, you know, another country coming out here? Besides the motivation of trying to be better, like what else was going through your mind to go from literally really, really bad mm-hmm. to being 
moderately better or like de- like what what was it that that made that transition? That's a great question, and uh, let's take it a step back. The word motivation, I think, it's just a show off when people look around, they can see oh, when the spotlight is on you, you motivated. But when what about when no one is looking? When you in that room by yourself making two hundred phone calls, you better if if it's picking up or they telling you go fuck off. Are you still motivated? So therefore, the word motivated, I kind of, you know, scratch it off and put driven. When you are driven, any individual that is driven is a dangerous person. Because it doesn't matter if you're good, bad, or ugly, he's going to keep moving forward. So, um, long story short, I knew my first year, my first six months were going to be trash. But I also had this mindset since I was a little child. What doesn't challenge you won't change you. So I knew it was going to be challenging, and I fucking love the challenge. As much as it hurt, it hurt me because I hate losing. I'm, a, I'm my worst competitor. Even though I was looking at you like, yo, this guy got a three or four this month, I'm going to get at least a four. He's got a bat this month, I'm going to get a Batman. I don't care if I, if the boss give me a Sunday off, I'm working on Sunday for my own damn self because I'm trying to get you know, next to the next one. And that's what we did. So from being a not-so-good recruiter to, you know, meritoriously promoted under duty and taking care of a... Uh, number 14 station, which is last to number four by the time I left, it was straight commitment and consistency and do your damn job because it's something called systematic recruiting. If you're doing the barely minimum, I, I repeat that, if you do the barely minimum, it will work. If you add a little motivation and drive, you will be a freaking rock star. So, um... My first bat was on my fourth month. Long story short, I, altogether I got five bats, I think four or five. He, this guy got an eight. Just to let you guys know, the comparison is like the eight, four. So, exactly. But um, when I took over, when I got Meritosa promoted, it was like, shit, I guess it works. You know? Hard work works. That's what successful people do. You can't be lazy in this duty and think you're going to be successful. It doesn't work. I'm not going to mention any names. But when the, the major called me and said, oh, you're doing well. You got Meritos promoted. You're going to get in charge in Trenton. I'm like, sir, me? You're trying to set me up for failure. I'm doing great in my life. And now you're going to give make me a boss of, of a place that fell six times in a row? I'm like, oh, hell well, no. It might have been worse than that. I think it, it, was, seven, like, it was like, like seven, seven, eight, eight months seven, straight. Seven, eight months straight. Of like Trenton failure. was failure. Like and failure. I'm not mentioning no names, but that staff in CUS at that time, he was trash. He had no work ethic. He didn't care. And, you know, he made me look like a rock star. And I appreciate that, bro. Hey. <laughs> and, by the way, he's my neighbor right now in Hawaii. <laughs> like, no bullshit. Oh, is he really? He lives two houses away from me in Hawaii. Oh, okay? shit. And Do you talk crazy. to him? Not really. Not because I don't want to. I'm busy, man. I, yeah, I just he's got been, my bachelor. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got things going on. Oh, shit. Big dog. Forward. <laughs> So like, before we continue on that though, so I want to unpack a lot of what you said because that's the reality of it, right? And 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 you're talking to two people that were like you were meritoriously promoted. I was on the meritorious board, made it all the way to the end. Um, both became staff and CRCs, um, and both did had very great, you know, three years, well, four years for me, but like we had a really good career on recruiting duty. The reality of it is, is that, and you can attest to this because we were in the same office at the same time. It's all work ethic. That's yes. really what it is. And like, and, and to That's go back and go back to what you were saying in the beginning, 
is it's also just about systematic recruiting. Like it's not even about I'm not gonna sit here and, and, and argue like everybody says F McCris, McCris don't work. No no no. McCris works. I hate using McCris, but the reality of it is, is that if you use the products for what it's supposed to be used, it does work. Cool. Like now mind you, if you use the product how Stats for Romaine used it, then it might kind of work for you and it might not. Now, what I mean by that is this dude, every morning, no, without fail, without fail, mm-hmm. this dude would make all of his follow-up calls. But the problem is, he would call the same person he called a month ago, and the dude told him, hell no, go F yourself. And he'd call him back, hey, man, I just want to see how you're doing. And the dude would say, yo, I told you a month ago to go F yourself. But guess what? Some of them... Situation changes. Some of them thought they're going to be basketball players or a full scholarship. Guess what? They end up working in the fucking, you know, sorry for my curse, and they end up working on freaking dang on um, gas station. Yeah. And that's why you don't give up on them until you know for a fact that they are disqualified. Same thing with me. If my recruiter would have told me, oh, you're a legal alien, man. You know, go fuck yourself. You call me. No, he gave him check upon me, so I kind of get that. I mean, I, nah, I but I'm not saying, bro, but you know as well as I do, you would call some people in the morning just to get your morning fighting. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, there's, there's a there's a strategy and a chemistry to this, okay? <laughs> there's so many phone calls and AC you have to do every day. I'm trying to meet that. So before I step out this office at either 09 or 1000, I'm making at least 30 phone calls. That's what the boss wants, right? Systematic, right? Boom. There you go. And it worked for me. So, and I kept doing it. And so far, so so good. But you know what's crazy though? Like if you think about it, and this is like a conversation. I'm actually gonna have Master Sergeant Rudin. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, I'm gonna have. He's gonna come. Well, sorry, Master Gunnery Sergeant Rudin. Um, he's, yeah, he's gonna come on the podcast like next week. But um, it's weird though because like if you, it, it's a it's a thing that me and Stanley were talking about, like playing to your strengths type thing, right? You were fire at ACing. Correct. Your TC game wasn't there. Sucks. And even you right now just said that you would spend two, three hours in the morning just to hit these numbers and then walk out the office. Part of me, and that's why it's like it's a hard thing to argue about or talk about, is like, what if what if somebody had said, you know what, Romaine, why don't you spend that three hours bringing your kids to school, going to the gym, having breakfast, you know what I mean? Because realistically... If you really look down the bat, if you really look at it, if you really look at your numbers, did you ever get a contract from morning TCs? No, zero. So now, mind you, how many days upon hours upon years does all of that add up to when you could have been doing something more productive? So I'm going to answer this question in two perspectives. The first perspective is it's recruiting duty. Ain't no boss out here, at least a good, good boss, going to say, oh, you, you hate TC, you like TC, you want to go have fun with your wife for two hours. Not going to happen. Second perspective is I'm the type of guy, if I hate something and I know I'm horrible at it, I'm going to freaking keep doing it until I get better at it. So that was my point. I did it not because the boss told me to or because I had to, but because someone, something inside of me that says, hey, you suck at this shit. You know what? You need to get better. And the only way to get better is by doing it. It's like a problem. You avoiding a problem is not going to get better. Hello. You're not wrong. And that's and the reason why I asked that question, I'm that you went that way, is because that's the problem with recruiting duty, is everybody has a different opinion, everybody has a different thought, oh, this might work, this might work, and then you go into numbers, 
and then and that's the thing is that somebody realistically and not saying no names but the problem that we have is that realistically somebody should have been there saying hey you know what man morning tc's don't do shit for you maybe you shouldn't be making morning tc you should, should be doing this instead or something like that and that's the importance of you doing your weekly numbers you looking and that's the thing that sucks because like if you really think about it right and maybe this is just me i don't know but until you became a staff in coic don't you feel like all of a sudden you got thrown in the seat as a staff in coic and you went to be and you went to the crc the this the course for one week it was oh, a two week yeah. thing but my wife had a surgery oh, so, I I remember. so I never yeah. had the certification oh, so the shit. extra week when you have to do tests I didn't I even remember. do that bullshit but so my thing is though is that like when you got to see when you got to the the, stat, the, the staff commission officer course right mm-hmm. for recruiting duty tell me you did not look at that shit and you were like yo why didn't I learn this shit three years ago <laughs> like oh. and, and that's the thing is like a lot, I feel like and I said this on one of my other podcasts like there's so much training that should be given to recruiters that isn't given to recruiters. And then by the time you get it, it's like, bro, I'm about to be out the door. Now, why do you think it's not given? Is it due to the fact that it's coming is it from the top down? No, it's the people that are in the office. A lot of times, and that's why it's a, it's a hard thing, is that a lot of times you can't change leadership. Correct. You know what I mean? So, like, sometimes you have a, you'll either have a really, really good boss who's, like, really in there, like, Gunny Ujama. Bro, Gunny Ujama, I went to visit him, like, two weeks ago. Bro, I, I wish I had more time with this man just to learn. Because I, I watched him, even though, like, this, what happened was Cuevas um, was doing, he had to get a 680 on a chick. Um, no, not a 680, my bad. He had to get a police record check on a chick. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, is Gunny Ujama, even though Cuevas been on the duty for two years, Gunny Ujama literally came out the office, printed it off, put it in front of him, and was like, hey, man, listen, I need you to get this for me. Told him exactly what it was, explained to him exactly what it was, told him how to get it, told him what to do if he couldn't get it, then told him, hey, if you can't get it, come back to me. Hey, also, give me a sit rep as to what's going on. Right. And, and like, just watching him in the, in the matter of, like, three minutes, I was like, bro, I wish I had more than just three months with that man. So- because he actually took the time... To go and I remember like when he was our bo- when he was our boss for a right, couple two of months, months, two, three months yeah. like he actually every Friday he took se- training seriously. Correct. He, he pulled out the sheets, he pulled out the boards, he freaking and that's the thing is like if you're a staff in CUIC, you really gotta take that shit seriously because you know and then something that I talked about before is like you know and you've been in the meetings with me like how many times did we sit in a staff and CUIC meeting and everyone's like oh my recruiter sucked. But no one was ever like, I fucking suck. I blow. And I'm saying that for my own. Like, even I've been there. Like, we don't take, a lot of people don't take ownership on the failure of training. They don't take ownership on that. So, it's all about perspective for me. Why do I think about, it's all about perspective? Number one, when I first checked in with Gunny Jama on December 22nd, 2016, he was like, hey, I'm not a boss. Don't call me boss, man. I'm not a boss. I'm just a staff in CIC. So, therefore, I had in my mind, so I don't have a boss. I'm my own boss. So, therefore, I cannot disappoint me. I can disappoint him, but I cannot disappoint mm, me. That's mm-hmm. true. So, that's one thing I've learned from Gunny yeah. J. And Devil and Devil Dog Brown, bro. And Devil Dog Brown, he yes. Said, he said the same thing. When he told me that shit, bro, I wrote my first nut in December of 2017, right before the new year, mm-hmm. right before I had my, bro, literally, I wrote a nut 
and I wrote a zero. Nobody contracted. I remember. I was the there. Kid, the kid that I was so po- bro, I'll never forget that shit, bro. I wanted to go to. I wanted to go find the doctor and just, bro. The kid got medically qualified the day before Christmas, Christmas I, I Eve, and they were like, "Oh, well, we gotta wait until the new year for him." To, I was like, Ugh. "But long story short, that ended up bringing me my first bat." And um, I remember sitting in training at at uh, at zero training, and Gunny and Devil Dog Brown just came up to me and he looked at me. It was the first time I ever met him, and he was like, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I wrote a zero. And he's like, "Okay, well, that's never gonna fucking happen again." That was like the first thing he said to me, and the second thing he said to me, he was like, "Who do you work for?" And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I work for my boss. And he was like, no, motherfucker, you work for you. And I was like, wait, what? And the moment he put that in my head, bro, I, bro, I went, I, I ended up writing a bat in January, February, and March. And then I, from there, I never looked back because me and you, and I remember this too, and I told this on the episode, and I'm glad that you're here to vouch for it because somebody was like, y'all didn't do that. Me and you, we had a boss, I'm not going to say his name. He was causing us issues where we were losing kids to him. I like, yep. right? This happened. I have to say and no. we were, and it's we me, were, and you him for me, not him. Yeah, okay? so we were losing kids because he, he was either strong on arm, arming them too much or he was like trying to move their MEPS data up or whatever it was. Too fast. And he was just like going at them like a dog. So eventually, even though me and you at this time were like button heads, one morning we kind of just went up to each other. We were like, yo, we got to go talk to this man in the office. And we left all the other recruiters, the junior guys, like Morales, Dirk, we left all of them out the room. And me and you just sat down with him and we were like, yo, for now on, don't talk to any of our kids. Don't talk to them. Don't bring it up. I don't want you to speak to them because I remember there was one day where he was talking to this kid, the kid came in with docs. He was a referral. He was a reservist. The kid walked in. He had a full-time job, 26 years old. And he said, when he sat down, I'm here to join and I'm only going reserves. This dude looked at him and goes, yo, you a big motherfucker. Why the fuck you only going reserves? Then the dude looked at him and was like, well, now I ain't going nowhere. And then at that moment, me and you were like, listen, when we start failing, then come and talk to us. But right now, just let us do what we got to do. We will make your mission and leave it at that. And you know what? I've learned. I've learned from that too. Because um, since I started the Marine Corps, I had a great staff in COIC, now Master Jones. Um, he said, hey, this, this whole Marine Corps is like a, a box. Okay? Box. And every time you open that toolbox, take tool that's good for your own career. Okay? If it's a good thing that's going to help you in your career, take it. The bad tools, smash it away. So only put quality tool in your toolbox. What time to say about that? Now, fast forward, when I became a staff in COIC, guess what? The One of the main reasons I was successful at being a staff in COIC in Trenton is I did the very same thing that my staff in CO at that time, when me and him did together, did not do. I repeat. The reason I became successful is not because I was bright, because I could barely type a naval form letter. Well, I barely speak English, all right? I'm borderline retarded if you ask me. But the reason I was successful, I was able not only being a staff in CIC, but I was also a recruiter, okay? I was also doing match runs. I was also make sure being the first one in the office and the last one to leave. Like, I would, the, the, the recruiter sees I was a part of and I cared. That's it. That was basically it. 
they trust me and I trust them. And that's why we were able to kick ass. So at the end of the day, when it comes to this very hard, demanding duty, such as recruiting duty in the Marine Corps, it's, it's crazy to say, now that I look back, it's hard, but it's not hard. Yeah. As you're going through it, it's hard, but after you got in, that shit was very simple. It's only I did my job. <laughs> and that's the thing, bro. It is. It, it literally is <laughs> that know? simple. Like, yo, like, and now I've, it's a blessing in a disguise because for me, it's like now I do my civilian job and I'm just like, people are like, oh, it's such a slow day. Oh, I got hung up on. And I'm like, bro, this is nothing compared to like the conversations I used to have. Like, I used to get screamed at. I used to get cursed at. I used to get, you know, I remember that video I have of you with that. Yo, <laughs> I was looking at the other day. That lady was like, oh, no, not my child. Not my child. Trump is in the office. No, mm-mm. he's going to go to broke down. Um, but, man, that was crazy. It was, yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy, bro. That was, like, the funny. And then I was telling my boss the other day, I was just telling her about how um we used to start we, we used to start playing games on the phones because we had to make the phone calls so we would just like when people would just get off the phone we would just by the way hold on but hold on a second so you're not interested right now but it might be an opportunity for later on and then we would just keep them on the phone as long as we could before they like would hang right up now, right now? Yeah, oh, yeah, right yeah. now right now <laughs> so you're not about it right now but maybe later on and then I was telling my boss about like um that movie Super Troopers where they do the right now and I told her how like bro I got you weren't there. You had left already. You were back in the fleet. But um, it was me, me, Cuevas, um, Murphy, and Beverly, and Mur- and Morales. Mm-hmm. And I got 173 meows in one conversation, bro. And then they were like, they were like, dude, she, th- th- they were all like, bro, there's no way. Because they were counting it. And they were like, yo, there's no way. There was like, she got to be playing with you. She's like, there's no way that she didn't notice. So I stopped the call, the phone call, and I was like, "Hey, listen, ma'am." I was like, "Let me ask you a question." I was like, "Did you notice that throughout the whole conversation I was saying meow?" And she was just like, "Yeah, I was just, you know, seeing how many you could get." <laughs> Bro, it was like a forty-five minute long conversation. Shit was funny as hell. Needless to say, I think it was like somebody's mom or something. But, but um, so I guess my question would be, just kind of talking about like, like I said, a lot of it's work ethic, right? But. I think we got to break it down further Barney style because a lot of people say that they're like, Oh, well, you know, this job is so, it's so hard. It's the worst thing I've ever done. And I think it's just because they spend so much time on the negative part about it. It's like, bro, if you would just shut the fuck up about how negative it is, it would just be that much better. Because like, like think about it, right? Like how many times did somebody come in the office? Like, bro, this is the worst, bro, this is the worst. And it's like, okay. We had a recruiter like that. Remember? Not going to say no name. We had a negative Nancy in in our, in our shop. Per se. Hey, that's one of the key words in recruiting duty. It sucks as it is, okay? Please, don't be a freaking dang on negative Nancy. Because, you know, words comes with affirmation. If you say it sucks, oh, I hate this duty, guess what? Your body's gonna look trash. The people are gonna see it through you. You're gonna go out there looking all defeated. Guess what? It's gonna be a bad month. Yeah, like, bad when day, I was, bad I was the year. man. I was the shit. Regardless if I, I was on a, on a nut, on a one, on a two, you couldn't tell me nothing. And it's all about perspective once again. For the for for the for the, for, for the future uh, recruiters out there, if I can do it, if he can do it, any of you can do it. Just stay positive and grind, grind, grind. That's Bro, and it, 
And that's the thing, too, is, like, and that's what I would tell people all the time, like, because when you first got on recruiting duty, your, like, I'm not going to say your accent has changed or your your ability to speak English has changed, but, like, when you first got on recruiting duty, like, Arana, you had, like, a very thick, it was it was thicker, it was deeper. That's when I get mad. And, and it was a lot, and, and you would get on the phone with people, especially on the phone, and people would be like, bro, I can't understand you, and they'd hang up on you. Like Arana, Arana would be like, "Hey, this is Seth Arana with the Marines," and then and then he'd be like, "They'd be like who?" And then he would say it like five or six more times, and then eventually he'd be like, "This is Staff Sergeant Arana with the Marines," and it would switch. And the reason why I bring that up is not not playing games, not for fun, but if somebody who can come to the if, if somebody from another country or somebody who has an accent that thick can be successful on the duty then why the hell can't somebody who it's their first language? Like, that's what kills me, is people who literally sit here and they're like, oh, I can't make a phone call. Oh, I can't do this. or Oh, I can't do this. And it's like, bro, you look at people who literally have an issue with speaking the language perfectly, and you can perfectly speak the language. I will answer this question for you. Very simple. And to me, to me, to answer this question for you is, those guys accept failure automatically. I expect failure, but I will never accept failure. Failure's gonna come my way. Come on on. Come on, challenge me. Okay, I'm gonna fail at something, but I'm gonna try and keep trying. And that's the reason I was doing my phone calls over yeah. and over again. Because I know my accent is thick. I can't, I, sometimes I'm talking to a, a doctor on the phone. Shit, I barely have a high school diploma. So therefore I have to elevate myself. All right, I have to read. I have to do such and such. So therefore I'm gonna keep going, keep going. Now I can speak to Anybody on the phone because I kept on doing it. I expected the fillers. I expected to hang them with the nose. But now, once I pick up the phone, hey, you you a Harvard law, law student? Shit, I'm a Harvard law student with you. I'm right there with you now. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, bro. Let's go. That's, that's how, it's all about perspective, once again, ladies and gentlemen. This shit is not hard. It's all about how you see yourself, short term and long term goals. Know where you came from, know where you're at, and know where you want to go. Bam, that's the key to success. So what was your, how did you get your kids? Like, I know, I know a lot of it was async for you. Mm. Do you have any tips for that? Like, um, and also I'm going I'm I'm to throw this out there too, because I had somebody, I'm on this Facebook page and somebody was like, what do we do in the new year? It's brand new. It's September. And where do we go? That's a great question. How do I get most of my kids? All right. I'm a firm believer and b- believer and, you know, break the fucking rules, but not the law. What do I mean by that? You can you can enforce your dad. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you guys cannot go to Brokedale. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. I, 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 I ain't gonna go to Brokedale. So what I do? Take my car, get in the Civic, you know, my Marine Corps over here. I drive throughout the freaking parking lot, and I just wait. And somebody, I see somebody. Hey, excuse me. Um, I'm looking for Building 55. Oh yeah, it's down the street. Bam! I got a conversation right there. Oh, man, nice shoes. Where'd you get those red shoes from? Oh, yeah, I got them at the Freehold Mall. What? How much you got them for? For 300 bro. I can get you that for, 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 for 5 bucks, man. Boom! Oh, by the way, I'm kind of busy right now. Thank you for, for giving me the direction. Here's my card. What's your name again? Let me get your number. I'll hit you up later. I kid you not. Um, Santos. I don't know if you remember Santos. Of course. He I was do. the first kid I got like that. He brought McCain. McCain brought someone. Just by Santos doing Brookdale. And keep going, keep going. And mamas, I got seven kids just like that. So break the rules, but don't break the law. 
And also, gotcha. I remember, I remember uh, when I first started, when I just got back from BRC and um, basic recruiter course, I remember, because I was the, so it's different for me, like, because you would tell me, I remember we were at the basketball court by Oakridge, and you were like, yo, don't even talk about being racist. Don't even bring it up. Don't even talk about it. And you would talk about basketball. You would start playing hoops. You would start doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't even bring up bring it up into no. the conversation. Listen. This is when it started clicking for me. The, my first three months, I was trying hard to sell the Marine Corps. Yo, this is the Marine Corps. the best thing for you. But I'm now I swat on the pill. These guys don't know nothing about the Marine Corps. Even me. I've been in the Marine Corps for eight years back then. I didn't even know most of the things about the Marine Corps. I knew about my MOS and what I did. But how can I tell someone else about the Marine Corps when I don't know what's your job in the Marine Corps, anybody else's job in the Marine Corps? I realize you have to sell yourself, your personality to those kids. They want to be just like Sergeant Romain. They have to be just like Sergeant Romain. And that's how I was able to get them. You sell yourself, and then once they understand who you are, and then you show them, hey, I'm like this because the Marine Corps was able to help me to do X, Y, and Z. That's it. Once I understood, hey, Hey, Romain, stop selling the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps sell itself. They know who you are. They, they probably seen you in uniform before. Okay, so stop. Just have fun with them. Relate to them. Stood for their level. Remember back in the day? Hey, you want to join the Marine Corps? Uh, no. Well, fuck you then. No, no, fuck you then. That was me. My first three, four, five, six months didn't work too well for me. <laughs> yo, yo. Didn't work too well. Listen to me. If you don't think that that's reality, that is freaking reality. Like, we would all, as an office, as friends, we would have to calm this dude down. Because he literally would say that. Or he would be on the phone, and he would take the phone and he... Yeah. I was frustrated. I was failing. Yeah. I was expecting it, yeah. but I did not accept that. I know failing was coming. Because when I started recruiting duty, I was like, man, the first is going to be rough. And it sure was. But at the end of the day, it's not how you started. But and that's, the, and that's the thing, and I'm, I'm glad you, because you said that before, and I, I didn't really bring it up, but that's the reality of it. Your first year is going to freaking blow. But, but the problem is, is that people tell you that, and I'm not saying that because, like, oh, hey, your first year is going to suck. I'm saying that as in, like, you should make your first year suck. What do I mean by that? You should work every freaking day. You should work as much as you possibly can. You should pack as many people as you have. Because a lot of times, when you get there, like, I have, and I know you do, like, we have kids that we put in the Marine Corps that we met our first year, and they didn't enlist until the third year. Correct, correct. And literally, it was that follow-up. It was the hitting them up on Instagram. It was the, and when you told me that, like, yo, don't even talk about the Marine Corps. Bro, I, I just started hitting people up that I met, like, three years ago. And then once in a blue moon, I hit them on Instagram, like, hey, man, how you been? And that's it. And then eventually they were like, oh, yo, this dude always hits me up. Like, he sees my news feed. He sees what's right. going on. And then eventually he was like, oh, shit, finally it came up, you know. And and the reality of it is is that your first year, it needs to be that grind. And, you know, because later on, you lose that. And, it, and it's also like just talking to them, like now that we're actually, like, you know, hindsight looking at it. Like, if you really think, and we can't change anything, but how much better would it have been if we had an office of five of us because like me I was talking to somebody about that and I was like in one of my past episodes like I don't know how it was if we were in Trenton but like I've the way I've seen it in New Jersey because I've never been anywhere else mm-hmm. but I feel like every RSS only has two heavy hitters and then the rest are just people who just right. they're just leeches 
They just live off of it. And because realistically, I'm not saying our team was leeches. I don't mean that. But like, we would write fours and they would write fours or they would write ones and then eventually, like, they would, you know what I mean? Right. And then, but then it, it's a, it's a cycle because like when you left, I was the only one there. So then I had to really, really hold it up. And then right after you left, I mean, right after you left, I left like two months later. Right, right. Then morale, then it was just Mo and Durkee, and then they had to just figure it the hell out. And then they ended up writing six bats apiece. And, you know, and it's crazy because, like, you know, but I also think, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, they, when you really think about it, bro, it's like, in my head, I'm like, what were they thinking? Like, when they dismantled our team like that. And that's why it's so sad to look at Mammoth the way it is right now, and it's so because it's so it's so sickening. Because like, bro, we were when we left, when you left in February, I think it was February. Correct, exactly. When February. you left in February, bro, we were thing. number two in the state of fourteen. Mm. Then I left, and then Arama left, and then they literally went from number four from number two back to fourteen in like the matter of a month. Remember that day when we it was my last my last all hand with you guys. And then we got that what was it RSS in the corner yeah. and like that. And yeah. then we held it. I was we'll take pictures yeah. and I hold it. And then Master on Royal was like, <coughs> "That's your last one, Romain," because you know I'm gonna go to Trent. And in the back yeah. of my mind, I'm like, "Okay, that's your shot." Yeah. Bam. And that's why you know what? Oh, and that was the thing too, is because everybody was. I don't want to say no one was expecting you to fail there, but it was like, bro, this station just went eight months without making anything. And then you went, and you made mission the first month. Mission the first month, mission all the way up until all the way up. I overshipped one hundred twenty-five percent overship, over contract one hundred thirty-six percent. It was nuts. And when they would give me that award and say all the overshit, I'm like, damn, I didn't do all that. It was simple, basic math. Do your job. It really was because I know, like when you talked about before, like you're not good at admin and shit like that. Like I remember when we were doing the SRI, you called me and you were like, "Yo, I don't have shit done. Like how do I fix it?" Exactly, because they, they didn't look. They just threw me in the, ru- the rules and boom, figure it out. Yeah, that's 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 what happened, and I have to fucking figure it out. And I'm glad that we had kind of a good team staffing CRCs because I didn't know anything. I was on the phone with you know, hey, can you Ramirez, help me with this? you were yeah, yeah, me. Yo, yo, what's up with this? Yo, What's you up got with this, this report. You got this report. Like that was crazy, but you know SRI. We did but you also had a good team, though. Like oh. Trenton was like Jones was a beast. I tell you what, I didn't have a good team. I had a great team, but my my successor, my no predecessor actually, yeah, yeah, the yeah. one pre- previous to me, he didn't use them because every Marine are any Marines are fucking phenomenal when it comes to work ethic. Yeah, you just gotta know how to utilize them. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta find out what makes them tick. Yeah. Because Jones was, he wasn't a heavy hitter until you came in the picture. Exactly. So and then he just, makes him, he just, what makes him tick? So what what does that mean? Sit down one on one. Hey, bro, what, what makes you happy? Who's who's Jones? Who's Vince? What, what makes you happy? You know, what what floats your boat? Let's talk. You know what? Let me take off my blouse. I'm not stash on I'm just a buddy. Let's walk around. And then meanwhile, by the way, I'm going to take, take, I'm gonna take you know, some, some notes just, just for my own effect. And every time they're not performing well or they're sad, or something's going on in their life, I use the exact same note I took from the very beginning. That's how it was. But now let me ask you a question. When you decided that you were going to do that, right? Did you, was that part of the um, MC4? Or did you not know MC4 yet? Like I said, okay. I didn't so do that. the reason why I'm asking you that is because 
I find that like so we 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 use things called MC3, MC4, right? And I'm not saying they don't work because they work. If like literally, if you teach MC3 or MC4 to somebody who's inept and they understand it, they can literally use that model for their whole recruiting career and they will be they'll be good. Mm -hmm. But the thing that people I think forget about is that when you're a recruiter. You realize, and you hear the term, yo, you were, you, yo, you just got MC3, bro. <laughs> yeah, or, you, or you'll hear the term, yo, no, he just got MC4. <laughs> and it's just like, but you just took the time before you even learned how to do MC4. You learned, you just spoke about it. You know, you know what? I'm going to ask this Marine as a leader, hey, who are you? And how can I help you? Because the reality of it is, is that's the biggest problem when it comes to recruiting people is that people forget that like bro you're like like you're a human being and i was having a conversation with like my last episode and her she was on recruiting duty and then she ended up um getting out of the marine corps and then a couple of years later her husband got hissed in on recruiting duty mm -hmm. so i asked her i was like what was the difference for you because i was like you were on recruiting duty and now you're the spouse of the recruiter and she was just like you know, well, first of all, we're two totally different human beings. She was like, I would never bring my work home, but he would. And and it's just like, you miss so many, like, if you don't do what you did, and you don't sit down with that recruiter and ask him, hey, man, what's important to you? Hey, man, what's going on in your life? And the thing is, is that, the you know, the, the commands, they tell you to put to schedule the birthdays and the Thanksgivings and all that stuff. Is it a good thing that's in there? Yeah. yeah. But the reality of it is is that as a team, you should just know that because you should be there for one another. Like Gunny Mabry, he brought up in one of, in the episode I did with him. He was like, bro, I had a recruiter who was out on the streets all day getting all my shit. He was so busy, he forgot about his son's birthday. He's like, but I didn't. He's like, I bought his son a birthday cake. He's like, I helped his wife plan a birthday party. He's like, and by the time this dude came back to the office, he went home to a birthday party for his son. He was like, bro, you know what that just did for our morale, our office? Like, that's what a leader is. And the thing is, is that so many people forget about just that simple part. But here's, but here's where the disconnect, to me, when I was a recruiter. There's two disconnections. And, and I was able to caught on to it fairly fast. And that's the reason I made it out. Two things. I made it out. Right? <laughs> like a prison sentence. I made it out that bit. So, here's the first disconnection. Right now, what color is my shoe? Is it red or is it burgundy? You might say it's red, I might say it's burgundy. Mm -hmm. But if I don't have to take the time, then you say, why do you think it's burgundy? Well, I think it's red. Now, at least you know why I think this color, and now you underwise this color. Bam. Now, we can at least meet in the middle and compromise. Now, we're going to fight for the same goal, same team. But sometimes, leaders don't take that time. And leaders, again, they think, now I'm the staff in TYC. I'm just, hey, he's gonna let you do this. Wrong. A leader influence his people. How do you influence somebody? You set the example. How do you set the example? You do the damn thing yourself. Yeah. It's that simple. That was that's, that was my my secret recipe. Yeah. And training. Well, and that's the thing too is like you brought it up. Like you have those people who become staff and CRCs, and I might say something that's gonna you know get some people mad, but it is what it is. It's just my opinion, and it's you know it's reality because I've seen it. You have 
two different stuff. There's well, probably more than one type, but I'm gonna say there's two different staff and CLCs, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you become a sergeant, right? Correct. You're a working supervisor, okay? In my opinion, when you become a staff and CLC, motherfucker, you're still a working supervisor. You need to know the craft, you need to do the craft, and then you need to supervise the craft. You don't have to be perfect at it. Yeah. We're not but, saying that you are perfect, because yeah. no one is perfect. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect, but at least you have to show them you are willing you, yeah. to learn with them. Yeah, and you got to show them that you know what you're doing. Correct. But what I'm saying is that, like you were talking about, when you when you put your leg up, there was staff in CYC. Well, excuse me, and I'm not going to say their names, but some of them were 8412, where they would feel like, oh, hey, man, I'm going to teach my A-gunner how to be a staff in CYC. And then I'm going to go get a cut. Then I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to my crib. And then when the command asks where I'm at, oh, I'm at the office. But the reality of it is that the A-gunner show is doing the show. The A-gunner is wearing everything. The A-gunner actually is acting as the staff and CYC. Correct. But nobody knows that. And then all of a sudden, when that A-gunner doesn't get contracts, then people are like, Very yo, bad. why don't you have anything? Because and it's like, but then, that, but then that A-gunner doesn't want to throw his boss under the bus. Because he's faithful to his boss. Because we talk about that. And the reason why I'm talking about this is just simply because it's just, like, I understand it to an extent. Man, I was so happy like, when he took over Aegon and Spock. I was like, yes! I got because, fired! Like, I, under, like, I understand, yes. like, I understand it to an extent, right? You want the Marine to know, like, as you're groomed in the Marine Corps, you're always taught that, hey, you gotta know the job of the person above you. God forbid something happens. Correct. Okay, but that's the... That's just insane. And, but you're you still have to do the job, bro. Like you're still here getting a paycheck. You still got to do the job. And the reason why I say that is I never forget it. And and this is why I couldn't stand it. And I even went to the point where I said something to the dude. So I got moved over to Middlesex um, for two months, just like literally before I became a boss. And I may never forget it. I might have said this in, in another episode, but so I get out there to this office, and um, before I got out to this office. I had sat in the car. We were going out to Manhattan to a gala. And it was the three top recruiters in the state of New Jersey that were going out to Manhattan to this gala. So it was me and two other guys. I won't mention their names. And um, we were in the car. We were talking about, because the three of us were all selected to become staff and CYC. So we knew that here in like the next couple of months, we were going to be bosses, Correct. the three of us. So we're all in this car talking as recruiters. And we're talking about what we're not going to do. And we're talking about the things that we, would do, we wouldn't do or the things that we saw done and that we wouldn't do. Long story short, this is like an hour and a half talk because it was an hour and a half drive into the city. We had, come, we had some drinks and we had this really like man-to-man, leader-to-leader, peer-to-peer talk. Yeah, when you say, we, 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 we're talking about what we're not going to do, what we're not going to as a staff and CYC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're looking at the staff and CYC and we're like, yo... When I get there, I'm not going to do this, this, and the third because so this happened to me. You are referring to the toolbox. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about the toolbox. And the three of us are just having this conversation, long story short, right? And fast forward two months later, I didn't become a staff in CRC yet, but I went to go work for the dude that was driving the car. Mm-hmm. The dude that was all up in it. Like, he was the one all about the toolbox. He was like, I'm not going to do this because he did that. I'm not going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm um, sitting in the office, it's like the first day. And the guy who was in charge of the office at the time, he was taking over for it, starts talking shit to one of the recruiters. 
And he just hops in talking shit to the recruiter. And he's like, yo, watch how pissed off I'm going to get him. And it's like, bro, why do you want to get the dude pissed off? Just help him work. Yeah. And I was actually That's just talking to I was actually just talking to the recruiter the other day about it. But um but now a couple of days later we go to the morning interview. And the boss, now staff and so I see the guy that was in the car, starts talking to us and he's like, Alright, listen guys, this is all the stuff I gotta get done and he's like, Hey Bennett, he goes, You got three you get he goes, You got three graduations this week. I need you to be at this graduation at this time. As soon as you're done with that graduation, you gotta be at this graduation. And I just looked at him and I was like, yo, Gunny, I was like, those are your schools that you were just a recruiter for for three years. I was like, those are your police that know you. They don't know who the hell I am. And then I was like, on top of that, I'm only going to be here for like a month. Like, I'm going to go out to Atlantic City or wherever I'm going. Like, I'm going to Staff and CO course in like two weeks. Like, why would you have me go be the staple of the school when you got, like, two more years in this? You got, like, two more years in the seat. And they're your kids. Like, they're going to immediately look at you like, yo, where'd he go? Why, why isn't he here? Why isn't my recruiter here? And I said this in front of all the other Marines. That's what this connection and literally, And literally, everybody was, like, looking at me like, oh, shit, he just said this. Like, they didn't think I was going to say it. And I was like, listen, bro, I'm going to go where you tell me to go because you're a gunny. But I was like, at the same time, like, you got a dude who just checked in off BRC who's going to be that recruiter for that school. Why the fuck wouldn't he go? And why wouldn't you show him how to do what he got to do? And then the funniest part about it was my dude, one of my best friends now, me and him have the same relationship like me and you. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stand him in the beginning. He fucking hated me, and now me and him are fucking tight. Um, He looked at me one night when we were at the bar, and he's like, yo, you're a fucking piece of shit. He's like, you're a horrible leader. You're a reservist, dogging the shit out of me. And I just looked at him, and I was like, yo, it was like 12 o'clock at night, and we had just left the office. And I looked at him, and I was like, yo, you're gunny. He's active duty, right? He goes, yeah. I was like, where's he at, though? Oh, you're right. He's been home with his family since 12 o'clock. And immediately, he looked at me like, uh. And I just, and then a month later, I got promoted to staff sergeant. He came up to me my, that day I got promoted, and he was like, yo, I just want to apologize. He was like, literally like, yo, you're a good leader, man, and I'm sorry that I said that to you. But it was just funny because, right. like, that's what leadership is. Like, a lot, and that's the argument. You know, a lot of people, oh, hey, man, I did my job. I'm going to leave at 2 o'clock. Why are you leaving at 2 o'clock when your Marines are, and then you expect your Marines to be at the office till 11 o'clock at night? Like, and we ran into that for a hard minute, like where we were at work. And then eventually you would just look when you were the egg hunter, you would just look at me and be like, bro, I'm, I'm leaving, bro. This dude ain't never showing up. I'm leaving. Deuces. See you Monday. And then we'd all be like, okay, I guess we're leaving too. <laughs> Man, recruiting duty is really an art. Only if number one, you care about it, you know the expectation. And once you make it to whatever level you want, you're not comfortable. I was the type of guy that was never comfortable. I wanted to be comfortable being uncomfortable. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know? And and I knew all that hard work I would do would somewhere somehow lead to amount to something. I don't know what that something was, but you know, 
my numbers as putting attrition or, or Marine people in the Marine Corps is not as great as his. But um, together, I think I was able to, you know, influence some knuckleheads I was working in the freaking Mingon um, gas station or that was doing nothing with their lives. Now that's in Hawaii with me. I got seven of them that's in Hawaii with me. Right oh, now. shit, for real? Seven. See, that's the thing I'll never know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, like, I, I have, I have, like, five or six dudes that are in the reserve unit that mm-hmm. I was in, and they would just come up to me and shit, like, Natali, like, this dude Brown. Mm-hmm. Natali, um, is my first poolie, by the way. Oh, first poolie. But, yeah, man, um, it's a great experience, and overall, what the, what the Marine Corps recruit really did for me, you know, I have no idea. Now... I started my own little hustle on my own, selling cars instead of, you know, enlisting it. Within a year, I sold 13 cars on my own. Made about 37 G's profit. Oh, shit. And all the time I used on recruiting duty that I couldn't afford to do it at home, I used it school. I got a thing on bachelor degree within a year and six months. Yeah. So I'm just telling you, man, recruiting, it's a hell of a job. But once you get a hold of it, if, and you utilize it the right way, oh man, you'd be unstoppable. Bro, that's the truth, man. Unstoppable man. Like, it, and that's what killed me. Like when I want, when I'm on this Facebook page that I'm on, like all I ever hear is the negative parts of recruiting duty. And I'm like, listen, bro, if you really had that bad of a time, then you one, you suck. You allowed everything around you to control you. Correct. Because like, yeah, I had a bad time. Yeah, I had. We all did. We all did. Like, yeah, we had bad leadership, or we could have had better leadership. But the reality is. Is that no matter where you go, whether it's the Marine Corps, whether it's another branch, whether it's the civilian world, leadership is leadership, and it can always be different because get it's a human being who's the leader because there's always going to be fault. At the end of the day, it's you. How do you see life? Do you see this bottle halfway empty or halfway halfway yeah. full? If you see it halfway full, I don't care how bad your leadership is. I don't care how bad staff member running is. I don't care how awful that staff member is. You're gonna find a way to strive with that halfway. Full bottle. Why? Because you have a positivity in mind. Yeah. But if you see this shit halfway empty, there's no way how great we could be as leaders, how we can show you how we were good and we couldn't do it. We're gonna fucking quit. Yeah. It's that plain and simple. It's also it's also the I was, um, I, I was reading this book um, called the Seven. I don't know what the hell. For, I'm gonna fuck, not even gonna mess it up. But um, the dude was talking about just the way you react. And I never thought about it until I was reading this book. I was like, wow. He was like, bro, things are going to happen to you. But it's not it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to, to it. it. Mm. And I never thought about it until I li- until I was reading that Law fucking book, bro. And I just, rea- I just realized that I was like, wow, man. Like The way I react to things is the problem. The way that, or the way that I don't react. Or the way that like people react to recruiting duty. You know what I mean? Like, you have people, like, and you heard it, like, when we first came in the office, like, we had people who were garbage and who were literally, like, oh, you're going to have the worst time on the duty. It's going to be the worst thing ever. And it's like, okay, is it really that bad? And that's the thing is you have that moment where, okay, i got to make this my own. You're going to be here for three years. You're going to be here for three years. The only way off the duty is for three years. And the only way to do it is to do it right. And that's the problem is a lot of people come out there with, you know, this negative mentality towards it. And it's like, bro, like, you were already a Marine. Like, you were already out there in the fleet. Failure was never an option. 
failure was never an okay thing to do. Quitting and then on the job. Yeah, quitting on the job. Like, and we, bro, how many people did we see get in trouble for sexual assault? Whether it was in the pool or out of the pool, drugs, oh, simply alcohol, quit. They didn't want or to simply anymore. quit. Like, and that's the thing is like, and then when you see a staff sergeant quit, it's like first of all, any marine period quitting is a problem. But when you see a staff sergeant quit or hire, it's just like, bro, what do you mean? And it's that's one thing we don't do. I don't think I'll spell quitting. To be honest with you, he's not kidding. Like, it's, literally, it's, if the Marine Corps tells you you got to go back and recruit me right now, of course, it's going to be a kicker, all right? 20 Gs or something <laughs> Yeah, like you better give me something. I'm going back. That simple. So, yeah, man, um, glad to be here, to be back, you know? I just literally flew in from Hawaii five hours ago, and I'm here. Six hours time change difference, whatever, but, you know, I felt like, you know, this show was something that I had to participate in. Just for the support and and the positive thing that you're doing out there, you know, people need to hear this. You know, there's a lot of things that's on, that we throw under the rug that you know, um, you know, it's like LeBron James when they see him perform, they get like, oh man, he he's great or he sucked, but they don't understand the amount of work this guy put in the backstage. Like yeah. he's waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning, he has to do some kind of diet. He can't go, he can't drink alcohol, he can't drink sugar. You know what I'm saying? It's not just genetics. Like me, people keep saying, he keeps saying that too. Oh, if you got a six pack, man, it's just genetics, man. You black. Bro, I don't give a fuck. I wake which, up every nah, morning at 4 a.m. Nah, nah, I'm going to just say this right now. That is bullshit. You know how I know that's bullshit? Because I watched your ass for three years on recruiting duty not go to the gym every single day. Every time we would go to Buffalo Wild Wings or anything to celebrate, we would all be drinking, and this dude would have some girly-ass freaking pint pina colada-type freaking cherry lime-made motherfucking <laughs> That's me! And this dude would be all sugared up, and you would never PT for three years. And you still left the duty. You didn't gain no weight. You still had your abs intact. All right, maybe no, you got five gained, pounds. I, no, I gained 15 pounds. Bro, I came at 160, bro. bro but you still had a six-pack? Right. Exactly. So it's genetics. It's the reality of it. But so one thing I, before we end this, what you just brought it up, and I don't know the answer because we never like we were realistically, we were not close at all on the duty. No, we didn't have time we, for that. But no, that's not true. We just didn't like each other and we didn't right. speak to each other. That's true. Um, that too. And like I said, our boss kind of like caused it too. He just kept hyping it up. But my question for you is that because you were always that type of person that was introverted, or like you you never wanted to hang out. Afterwards, like you would, like we would all be like, "Hey, we're gonna go to a drink." You'd be like, "Nah, bro, I'm, I'm gonna chill here. I'm gonna go home." So my question for you is, what's your advice for other people like that? Because a lot of people have that issue where they don't wanna, they don't want the camaraderie, they don't want to hang out, or they don't want to whatever. You know, I remember, and I also, <laughs> bro, I'll never forget this shit. <laughs> I remember, I'm gonna keep some of the context out because I kind of have to. Uh-huh. But I remember our boss. We missed mission, and we had to do a Miss Phase Line brief. <laughs> and we I sat there, we sat there midnight till like no, it was like three a.m. And you were laying on the floor in the hallway, and he would, and you were like, "Yo, can I just go home?" And he was like, "No, you never want to hang out with us, you never want to be a part of camaraderie. So we're all gonna do this Miss Mission together." together. And we sat there till like three in the morning. 
and he had he had us filling. He would fill out one part, I would fill out the other part. We're doing this shit together, and then finally we we, we leave. We go to the, we go to the office. Uh, we had to be there at like six thirty or some shit, and we're sitting in the office, and and around the whole command, and he has his laptop out, and all of a sudden he just goes, Master Gun, what? I don't have it. It didn't save. <laughs> and yo, we, we, bro, we we literally started at like seven o'clock. We finished that shit at like three a.m. because they wanted every number, every everything allocated, and we literally sat there for hours. And then this dude just shows up to the RS, and he's like, "Yeah, it didn't save," and we're just like, "Bro, I hate those. I hate those mental glitches, bro." Ugh. So what what advice do you have for, for introvert like that? Okay, for anyone that's introvert, that's because an you introvert, always right? stayed away from us. Like we didn't really talk. Like you had a family, you had kids, right? right. Um, you went through. Childbirth on the duty, like actually two, right? One, one, one. Because the other one came. Because you came out, yeah, you came out here. Was one son. year yeah. old. Um, okay, that's a great question. So, to be totally honest, one of the main recipe of my success on military duty is the fact that my family, my wife, and my son, we were able to get a spot where we had family members. Because my wife and, and her family lives in Monmouth County. So, therefore, I had more time to figure things out on my own, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. But for people that's introvert, like I was, it was something personal to me, man. I was just trying to perfect my craft. So, every minute, every second, every minute, every hour that I had that I could spend on myself rather than, you know, go out and drink, I wanted to, you know, perfect myself. Because there's something in the Marines that I said, know yourself and seek self-improvement. And I kind of want to practice and and private and shine in public kind of guy. Okay? Like, you don't just wake up and, you know, shit. You get a bat tomorrow. Yay. No, it doesn't work that way. We got seven bats in a row. Thousands of phone calls. Thousands of failures. Thousands of no's. But those couple of yes, you got to work on it, you know? AC. So sometimes we go out for like 10 hours. You don't, we don't get nothing. Okay. Bro, and that's the word, and then, you know what I mean, and, and that, I'm glad that you brought that up, because, and again, I think it's just a hard conversation to have, but I'm going to have it. I think a lot of the people who are 8412s forget what it's, to, what it's like to be a recruiter, and I think that staff and CIC as well, like when you become a staff and CIC, all of a sudden you forget what you just went through for three years. And I say that because, and I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm not going to say that I wasn't that guy because I was that guy. But like you just said, I'm glad you brought it up. Bro, there's days where you go out and the bitch is fucking dry. dry. There ain't nobody to talk to. You've been AC in the same place for years. You already know that guy at top right. You already know that guy. So you already met that dude five or six times. And now you're going to get him again. You're going to recycle the pack card, whatever. But then you come back to your office after three hours of legitimate trying and you walk in and your boss says, how many pack cards you got? I ain't got nothing. What do you mean you ain't got nothing? There's no way I could go out there right now and find me in the same day. And then all of a sudden, I saw us go. But the reality of it is, is that we, as staff, and again, I'm saying this because I've done it, you know, we forget that, bro, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be days where you don't get anything. Or how many times did you go out and all you got was permanently disqualified pack cards? 
Like, bro, I can't change the fact that everybody in my AO has a neck tattoo or has hands tattoos. Or is illegal like I was. Yeah, like how many people, like especially in your AO. And your AO was flooded with illegal immigrants. People who couldn't join the Marine Corps. Tattoos, drugs. So, like, everyone's like, hey, man, it's not that hard to get five qualified pack cards a day. And it's like, bro, it is. And especially in today's climate. And the thing is, is that... And that's the thing is, like, you'll, you know, and that's why a lot of people will will fall to the victim of just making phone calls because I can see how many phone calls you've made. Yeah. I, and the problem is, is that when you look at numbers, people compute that to, oh, well, he, he worked. He, he made 150 phone calls. Okay, but what did it do for him? Later. And then when you go out there for three hours and you don't come back with an appointment for tomorrow, hey, man, what'd you do for three hours? Fuck off. And it's like, well, no, I didn't. And then it's like, well, hey, where were you? Why weren't you out there with me to see if I... And then that would be the worst part, is when you go out with the dude and you actually see that it's dry, and then the, you got the Master Gunny calling you, like, hey, why ain't you got nothing? And you're like, Master Guns, I'm out here with him. We haven't been able to find... So you're telling me that a staff at COIC of an office can't find an appointment for tomorrow? And then it's like, that's not what I said. That's not, that's not what I said at all. And I think a lot of it is just... People just forget the reality of, bro, number one, you can't force people to join the Marine Corps. Right. You you have to put in the that, that, that perspective of it. And then it's like you got dudes who work in like, like think about it, like we like legitimately, and that's why I always tell people like, you don't understand, like, and, and actually here's a question for you. You were in Monmouth, mm-hmm. and then you went to Trenton. Which one was harder? Was the grind harder? Because in my mind, in the four different offices that I went to, Mammoth was a it was a beast that no one will understand unless you've been a part of it. Mammoth has always been a challenging RSS. At least for the past seven years. Yeah. For the past seven years, Mamas has always been struggling. The only time I can we can can be witness to that I, that I think Mamas has not struggled is that year period that when me and you was get back and yeah. get back that was it. That we, was it. And, 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 and we came from the down. It was the downward spiral because they were all getting like Rodriguez was leaving. We Arana didn't have left. a Arana left. Like we didn't have a good time. And then me and you were just on the come up, and then literally we both hit our we both hit our high at the same time, and we were destroying it. And then literally it just went whoop as soon as we left. But what I what I really I guess what I'm asking though is that like people don't understand that it's a 24 hour day thing, it's a seven day a week thing, it's a three year thing, and I think the problem is is that like I'm looking at it like. Because I still talk to people that are on the duty, and it's like, like my boy, I'm not going to say his name, but he hit me up. He's one for seven on September 20th, and it's a Friday, and I hit him up. I'm like, yo, you want to chill? He's like, nah, bro, I'm at the office. I'm like, bro, it's eight o'clock at night, and now here's the argument. You're one for seven on a Friday at eight o'clock at night. You look at your life and you look at the reality of, okay, for the past three years, what have I ever gotten on a Friday at 8 o'clock at night? Nothing. But then it's like, well, I got to 
I gotta treat. I gotta. You can look at it two different ways. I gotta. Tr- I gotta show them a lesson, or let me give them some fucking time to cool the fuck off. And that's the that's the that's the problem with the duty, man. An effective second TOIC on a Friday night that's one for seven. That's about to miss mission. On a Friday night, instead of having to stay in the freaking office and make phone calls, this is what a call you make. Be like, hey, guys, take your clothes off for the regular, put your regular slippers on. Let's go to the movies. And I bet you they will find something. Let's go out. Let's go have fun. I promise you, these, these recruiters will work for you. Not only now, you're not making them do, force them to do something that they don't want to do, but you're making them do something that's that's away from the recruiting world. Yeah. Even though they know I'm, I'm a recruiter 24 7, I don't yeah, care if yeah. I'm a citizen or not. I have my pack guard in my hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. my pen in this hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get somebody today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that simple, man. But, you know, the, the, it's it was a great experience overall, and I think everyone, regardless if you made it out successfully or not, any recruiter, any Marine that became a recruiter has learned something positive. Yeah. Recruiting. Yeah. 100%, I agree. Like, you can't say this shit didn't do nothing for you, bro. Bro, there's people who got off the duty and literally are literally owners of businesses now, killing it, destroying it, like, and because of MC3, because of MC4, because of just the, uh, the and unfortunately, because of the hours, because of the bullshit you deal with. Exactly. Because it's like, as much as you hate it right now, you're about to go to a, a place where it's a joke. Like, where everyone else around you is like, oh, we gotta work an extra day. Oh, I gotta work Saturday. And you're like, bro, I work seven days a week. What are we talking about? Like, right now, my marine doesn't understand me. It's every morning from Monday to Friday, by 3.45, 4 a.m., I'm at the gym, because I made up a gym in my in my warehouse. Yeah. And then from 4 to 6, I'm at the gym. I go home for an hour, change over. 7, I'm back. And I don't get out until like 17, 18, sometimes 19. Like, yeah. So you've been here since technically 5 a.m., minus 1. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so. Like, is that recruiting in you? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, that's where one of the work ethic comes from, too. Because if you ain't got to get shit done, it's just not getting done. It's yeah. not going to get done by themselves. Yes, we have responsibility to second TOIC. I think that's what it is, man. I think people, they they, they see that. Like, oh, I became a staff at TOIC. I, I made it. Yeah, I made I it. I made it, bro. Like, no, bro. Like, you got a whole office to be in charge of. Like, you got all this stuff to be in charge of. And, uh, but. And that's taboo. What, 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 what we just talked about here, in a perfect world, okay, staff in COIC, and I'm not saying that to, to bad mouth anybody, because, you know, I was in both shoes, we were in both shoes, yeah. we were recruiting staff in COIC, so we saw both worlds, okay? Yeah. And fortunately for us, we're able to open that toolbox, take some tools that pertain to us positive, and leave some tools or throw some tools out that was not too good, and that's why we made it out, um, you know, um, um, Effectively out of the recruiting duty. Yeah. So, if you were in recruiting duty, staffing TRCs or or or, or, or canvassing recruiters, it's simple. Do your job and systematic recruiting. Do right. That's it. That's all I got, man. That's all I got, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate the invite. You know, and uh, looking forward for you know central. Sometimes again, five years from now, hitting millions of uh, views. <laughs> Yo, I'm ready, man. You know? But um, so I thank you for coming out, man. Um, I appreciate you coming out. The last thing that I want to ask you, just to end this off, mm-hmm. is what's next for for Lud? Ooh. What's next for Lud? Okay, so um, what's next for Lud? Um, I just 
got my bachelor's and bachelor's. Uh, I just got uh, also simultaneously got accepted to a master's degree program for criminal justice and homeland security. And um, I'm starting my master's in January. But what's next for staff level, man? Short term is uh, I just dropped an MSG package, Marine Security Guard. Uh, that's another big bidder, okay? Uh, that was one of my bucket lists. Um, if everything work out, works out, next year, year and a half, I should be somewhere protecting the embassy. And next year, if I don't, if I get cast through for Duddy, I'm probably going to switch to an uh, officer. I don't think you get passed over for Duddy. There's no way, bro. There's no way you could be meritorious to promote every rank and then get back. I, I, ho- I would hope not. But, um... Something that we didn't talk about at all. Mm-hmm. How do you look back? Like you grew, you were so you were born in Haiti mm-hmm. until when? Until I was like when did you leave seven Haiti? Seven years old. And then you went where? France. Okay. So looking at your life, where you are, mm-hmm. do you like when you were growing up in Haiti and, and everything going on in the world right now? Like, and I know Haiti just had you know some issues. Like, do you, do you, um, do you just look back, like, did you ever think you'd be here? Did you, like, like, do you look back at, like, what, where where you came from and to where you are now? Man, that's a deep question, and I'm glad that was the last one, because that might be an even deeper answer. Yeah, um, I have a vision board in my garage, okay, that has pictures of, my family in Haiti right now that still, I have a cousin that's seven years old. If you ask him how old he is, he don't know. Oh, his clothes shit. he's wearing right now doesn't fit him anymore because he's been wearing this clothes since he was three, four, five. Yeah. So it's simple for me. There's people that I cannot disappoint. So uh, um, the recipe for me to that is, you know, I know where I came from. I know where I'm at. But most importantly, I know where I'm going. And that's the reason I'm going hard every day regardless if I'm at the gym by myself, or at work by myself, or with 20 people, I am, I promise myself that I will be the hardest worker on the freaking Bengal room. No questions about it. Because I simply cannot disappoint my same family last name that's from a third world country that depends on me to, to send them, you know, a bottle of water. Because they don't have clear water. You know what I'm saying? They don't have a flushing toilet. Hell, I didn't have a flushing toilet. I didn't have running water. I didn't have electricity until I was nine years old. So imagine that. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. All you got to do is put your hat on, mind your business, move forward, and keep it moving. Whatever you do, stay driven. That's it. All right, no doubt. Well, you heard it from him, the Haitian sensation himself, Lud, Romaine, Staff Sergeant of the Marines, uh, recruiter, father, all that cool stuff. Thank you guys for coming out. I appreciate it. And adios. Bing, bang.